Hi, I'm Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phelan McAleer. And welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop Daily Virus, where we discuss the latest news, views, advice and madness of the pandemic. It's Friday, May the 8th. We're at the end of week seven of the lockdown. We've had, this is the seventh Friday we've had. I realised that today. Uh, days of the week just seem to be, I don't know, it's very strange. It's a very strange time. Um, but things are changing, uh, but not for the sourdough starter that I have in the fridge. Thanks a million, Ben. My friend Ben, who gave me the sourdough starter. Every time you, every time, every you... time I open the fridge now, I'm sp- I see that sourdough starter and just feel like a failure, more of a failure than I normally feel like. So the um, orphan sourdough. Well, no, you know what's worse though, Phil? I'm killing that sourdough. Eventually, I'm going to open that thing. Of course, I don't know. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't declare it. But I would think it's there's possibility that it's actually dead already. And there's so much death destruction in the country at the moment. You're adding to it now. What's happening in today's program? Phil? Unemployment numbers just published. Uh, later on, we're talking the virus coming a little close to home. One of President Trump's valets have the coronavirus, the Chinese coronavirus. Wait till you hear what the White House valet does. Uh, who and knew? California is opening, Yay. but but not that not that you know not that you'd necessarily notice in every way. But um, yeah, but it's opening. But and, and shocking statistics out of New York about who actually has been hospitalised. Very weird statistics. Venice Beach is supposed to be closed. We didn't. Notice. We didn't notice it yesterday, but we'll I, tell the, you about that. The resident, when the re, when you lose the residents of Venice Beach, when they won't obey authoritarian diktats, I correct? Tell you, because everyone thinks Venice Beach is this cool place. We'll talk about that later. It ain't. It's uh, it, it, it is rebelling now. It, it is. It's. We'll talk about that. Later. We'll talk about that later. Uh, and in a time of social. Um, in a th- time of social distancing, the sharing economy is a really big loser. We're going to look at a story from Airbnb, what's happening with them. And then San Antonio, Texas, you know, has well, led the way in an extraordinary first of political correctness policing. What has ever happened to ca- I know. Texas? I know. We'll talk about that later. And please, please, please spare a thought for the beautiful people in Hollywood. Um, this is a particularly difficult time for them. But our first story today actually is looking at the, the, the just released, and I know it was leaked yesterday, but the just released jobs report, which we now have the actual data. It shows um, that the US employment unemployment rate has hit 14.7% um, and 20.5 million jobs were lost in April alone. Um, and the devastation has not been seen this has not been seen since the Great Depression. Um, what do you say? Yeah, what can you say to that? Uh, now, the one thing that you can say, I think the one thing that you can say is that this is not like the recession of 2008. It's not like the Depression either because, you know, there are obviously lots of numbers and people in those numbers that are going to rest- be restored to full health, mm-hmm, if you know what I mean. Yeah. They're going to get their job back in a month, in whatever, in three weeks, in two weeks, tomorrow, you know? So that number will change, right? But I I think at the same time, there is going to be a dramatic number of unemployed people, very dramatic, people who are losing their job forever now. Yes, well, we we know one person who said, I won't be reopening my restaurant. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'll, I'll hand back the keys. And that person employs maybe 30, 40, 50 people. Um, and you know those jobs are not coming back. Yeah, and, and there's loads of those kind of stories all over the place. We know certainly, even from Dublin, from Ireland, where uh, where we're from, um, there's a very famous restaurant on Grafton Street that you know it's kind of like a tourist stop, and it's been there for all. Everyone knows about it. Bewley's Coffee Shop. Yeah, it's mentioned in James Joyce's literature. Yeah, so it's closed forever. 
which is a terrible headline to read actually by the way just close forever just they can't they just they just cannot keep going so <clears throat> it's a can i just you don't like it oh, it's like a first time in 119 years or something can i just add no go on ahead Phil. Right. i know i know it's not fun to make it's not good to make fun of the dead but it was a pretty bad restaurant it was it Doesn't was overpriced matter. yes uh, People liked it a, though. On that horrible street in Salem Dublin hates called Grafton, Grafton street. street. No, I like Grafton Street. Grafton so Street. Don't yeah, listen to him. Yes. Look, note to people uh, if you take a busy city centre street and make it a pedestrian street, you are changing the street completely. And eventually, you are, you are, actually, you are actually ensuring that your street dies. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you have a pedestrian street, you cannot allow people to have uh, bring their cars close to the shops. So you reduce your shops to mobile phone shops and fast food outlets, uh, which and they attract young people. Old people don't. Young people hang around. Old people don't want to go there. They attract. That's called a tangent, by the way. Uh, there, that's a quite a tangent. Well, we'll talk about that later because we're going to talk about uh, how people in the 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 range of the people who are catching the diseases in New York and it all comes about how you manage a city and how you try and politically engineer a city and and the unintended consequences that can happen. So, Trump tests positive. Sorry, Trump valet tests positive, uh, <laughs> causing West Wing scramble. According to the Washington Post, uh, one of the valets and you, President Trump, uh, has a has several valets. Just like Prince Charles has several valets. Well, that's by the way, I think it's completely fair because originally I thought, God, I wouldn't even like to have a valet. And then I thought I'd actually really like to have a valet. Somebody who lays out your clothes. So what does he do? Right. So one of the things he does is he lays out the president's clothes for the for, day. For him and for the morning. And by the way, he really does need that, by the way. You can't be having the president now doing what, Where, we're, where's, doing, where's what my, we're doing every morning. Where's my shirts? Where's my cleanest, dirty shirt? Where's yes. the where's the underwear? Where's the yes. yeah, where's anything that's ironed? And I suppose he needs to probably have several a uh, bit like um, he needs several outfit changes during the day perhaps for different events if he was going yeah to, so yeah. he's always picture perfect and the valet also serves him food now which is a bit worrying because it, it yes is, yeah so remember the story of prince charles's valet well, with the different eggs is it? yeah he would boil three different eggs in the morning uh, prince charles who's a big global warming uh, alarmist would travel with a retinue of 30 people i think to any event 30 people um, one of them, whom was a valet, whose job it was, was to boil three different eggs in the morning at different levels of hardness because Prince Charles was very particular about the exact level of hardness. So then the eggs were like lined up and he would sort of open them and then take the one that was just the Closest right one. Closest to his specifications. So no waste there, you know. No, no. No, no. So interesting, the governor's... Uh, so California's opening and... Apparently. But, you know... For, for all the bookshops, you can now do, you know, you know all those bookshops that are there? I do that thriving industry called bookshops, and I like record shops. I mean, this is an opening designed by middle to old men uh, uh, who still think there are record shops and still think there are bookshops. That, now, my favorite part is that they're going to do curb, curbside pickup. So they're going to do curbside pickup at these record stores. Apparently, there's record stores still uh, at these bookshops. Bookshops, but they're also going to do curbside for clothing stores. Yeah. So I read. I'm. You know. I just. And no one sort of explained that how that works. You know. Um, as I said. You know. Your people has. Uh, people need to go into these shops, but they haven't worked that one out yet. So uh, there's a story in the AP, and it's exactly what I've been saying all along. Governors disregarding White House guidelines on reopening. Basically, all the states that are reopening are not following the government guidelines on when they should be reopening. Most of them, if they follow the government guidelines, are not reopening. So listen, all the restrictions you're currently suffering under are not 
based on any science. And if they are based on any science, your governor will just turn on a dime and rewrite the science tomorrow, the governor. So this is a political lockdown, not a medically induced lockdown. And I wish they'd admit that. And some of it is so crazy. Some of it is Trump says this, so we're saying that. That's how, that's how petty and pathetic it is. So, uh, and these governors who are you know, supposed to be the most popular governors of their generation, etc., they, they are very susceptible to political pressure. So please keep the political pressure on them. Yeah, and I mean, one, one part of that other story that I just was looking for their film is this, this you know, when you say like the science, is seem, the science seems to be all over the place is, you know, there's this problem with like New York where, where Governor Cuomo has basically just said, and, and I think he was pretty shocked to reveal that 66% of the new hospitalizations are for people who stayed at home. Um, you know, obviously that's a bit of a worry, right? Because the idea was that if you stayed yeah. at home, you were going to be safe. But I think, you know, if you dig down into that and ask yourself, how is that even possible? This isn't like, well, I'll tell you why, because people in New York don't have a home. Yeah. They have an apartment. Yes. In a, in a, and they have an apartment. The, the apartments are amazing. Like, you know, there are 8 million people living in Manhattan. It's not that big. These are tightly, tightly packed apartments. If you ha many tourists haven't been to New York apartments. Maybe you've stayed in an Airbnb. But if, 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 you, haven't, if you haven't been to New York and been in one of those apartment blocks, even the richest people live yeah. in pretty inadequate apartments. They're, so where people just keep bunching in on each other, all these shared communities. I mean, even the brownstones are converted into apartments. How many people live in homes in New York? That's why 66% of the new coronavirus... Hospitalized, hospitalized, hospitalizations, not even cases, hospitalizations. So those are the serious ones, yeah. are people who, who did, you know, who stayed at home. But I think they're saying things like, obviously, they went, they went to the shops. Obviously, as Film says, that they're living in apartments. But it's kind of extraordinary. And I think Cuomo was really taken aback. Uh, but I president think, hotspot. Look, president, and this is the problem. Governor hotspot? Governor hotspot, But he'd yes. like to be president hotspot. President hotspot. So this is the problem with... Uh, New York is a unique case, and this was always the problem, that there, all of America was shut down like it was New York. Uh, except New York wasn't shut down, because when the journalists were uh, writing about people being on beaches in Florida and, and Los Angeles, uh, they, were, they, they were ignoring the, the subway in their own city that was spreading the disease wonderfully well. Uh, Venice, we were, by the way, we were in Venice Beach yesterday. It's amazing, to be amazing. It's to be, so this is the crazy thing about, about uh, California. You know, the beaches, Ventura Beach, all up north, they're all open. L.A. closed because uh, Eric Garcetti says, their mayor says... Orange County open. Open, closed, fight, you know, and there's no science to it at all. Venice Beach is supposed to be closed. We were there yesterday evening. In the evening, you know, at six o'clock when people would be going home, you would think, and... Hundreds of hundreds, definitely hundreds of people, definitely, and it was, and people were really happy. And the other thing that was that I was that, that I thought was great was, and people were social, people were totally socially distancing, yeah. by the way. Um, but there were, as film says, like there were hundreds of people there, and lots and lots of young people, which I actually was pretty happy about because I thought, you know, you haven't terrorized these young yeah. people um, to the extent that they that they aren't they haven't lost. Their rationality. So it's rational. Yes, we need to social distance. We have got to do that social distancing. No one's no one's denying that. No one, you know, no one, no one, and no one yesterday on Venice Beach was denying that. But people are in their family units 
and they are separated. Um, and I think the mental health benefit alone is, is huge. And there were a lot of children, which was, yeah. which was really nice to see. So we were really happy. It was, it was really great. But and I don't know what's going to happen. So the weather is fabulous here at the moment. And I don't know what's going to happen at the weekend. So this is Friday, obviously. So, you know, it's again tomorrow. It's going to be around 80 at the beaches. And I'm just thinking, we're, we'll go down, though, uh, Intrepid Reporters, and check out and yeah. be able to tell you on Monday what it all looked like. Because we're essential, we're essential workers. Yes. We can go on the beach. We can do that. Uh, um, so the next story we want to talk about, the next story we want to talk about is about the sharing economy. So the sharing economy has really been badly hit by this, um, by the virus. You can, you can imagine the whole idea of sharing, uh, like so sharing Uber cars, sharing Airbnb. Yeah, Airbnb have just reduced their staff by a quarter, a quarter of the workforce, global, uh, global workforce has just been gone. Which is... Which is terrible, right? But, and, and then, so that's the company itself. But what, <clears throat> what a lot of these numbers, you know, kind of hide in a way, is all the other people who are affected. So there's people, for example, who have invested in properties based on the model of being able to rent those properties out to Airbnb, who, you know, are suddenly sitting on a bunch of properties. They're still p- paying property tax yeah. on those properties. No, one, no one's giving them a holiday from property taxes. And the mortgages. Well, they might. Funny, they might get a holiday from from property ta- from mortgages. I think there is that possibility. But no, the one thing you will never get is a holiday from the property tax because the essential workers, uh, the diversity coordinators at City Hall, and the uh, homeless outreach uh, who don't reach out much, uh, people at City Hall, they all need to be paid, and their pensions need to be paid, and so the property tax keeps coming. And the people who own these Airbnbs, and another thing with Airbnbs is, every Airbnb needs a cleaning cleaning lady. Yeah, I was going to just say that. You know, uh, it's yeah. a, it's a major part, major expense of running an Airbnb, and it's a massive business. You have all these cleaning ladies now who who, and th- th- they need to be. I mean, it's a it's a tough job to get a cleaning lady because for that because they have to be flexible. Yeah. Because somebody stays for three days, somebody stays for five days, and they need to be quick and they need to be available. And they're out of work now. Yeah, and so Airbnb uh, give um, all their guests full refunds for stays between March the fourteenth and thirty first. In some cases, that overrode the policies the hosts had in effect. Yes, you know, so they, you know, so they've they've been good about that. Actually, also Airbnb well, reduced good. the executive the executive pay yeah, by fifty percent. But that, that's fine. So they they you know they. They were good to their customers, yes, but not the people who kept yes. their business going. The people yes. with the Airbnb. So there, you had an Airbnb policy. You could only, if you cancelled, you could only cancel, you know, two days in advance, or you know, a week in advance, whatever it was, and you got this much back. That was it's all. And they make a big thing about this is our policy. Please read it. You know, yeah. this is, and everyone was allowed to set their own policy. And they, but but it, you know, but long term, I think I think any you know, I think I think Airbnb was a great thing. I mean, we used Airbnb. We just yes. used Airbnb when we were in New York for the and Weinstein we, trial. For the Weinstein trial, which you which, can find out if you, whilst you're under lockdown, the Weinstein trial unfiltered the uh, full. Uh, the transcripts of the Weinstein trial, the most exciting part. Reenacted with actors. Most interesting parts of the Weinstein trial reenacted by actors. Uh, a fascinating trial. How do you uh, find it, Phil? You go to the Weinstein trial on filter.com, I think. Yeah, we can yeah. check that out before yes. the end of the show. Um, yes. And we'll put up, what we'll do is, we'll, if, you want, if you want to find more about that, go to unreportedstorysociety.com. Yes. Unreportedstorysociety.com and you can get all the information. So San Antonio, uh, Texas, and you, know, you know Texas, supposed to be uh, independent. The last know. great hope of humanity, uh, Texas. Yes. And this is a really unfortunate story out of, out of, out of um, San Antonio today. 
So in an extraordinary move, San Antonio has passed a resolution declaring the term Chinese virus as a hate speech. Um, and Ted Cruz, by the way, has called the decision nuts. But, you know, this is, this is, what, this is what's important, obviously, in San Antonio. Yeah. There's nothing more serious that they need to be spending time thinking about as, as lawmakers, as legislators. This is what they have spent time on. This is what they care about, that, that, this, would be, that this would be, you know, somehow actually identifying the virus with the actual place that are that where it originated following is somebody is somehow and by the way following by the way the new, the new york times this is what the new york times called the virus by the way yeah. the new york times called the virus the wuhan virus yes. um so you know which obviously but wuhan also, is in china this is this is following hundreds of years of of scientific practice this is what you did the spanish flu this and and there's an important reason for it so that scientists know where it came from and can work out if there's anything particular about that area that might help help decide how to fight it. So there you go, political correctness. And by the way, this is what happens when you open your borders and allow Texas to become not Texas, to become, uh, you know, I saw someone yesterday, you know, remarkable demographic changes happening in Arizona. And it's like, you know, they didn't happen. Yeah. This was a policy to open the borders, to allow mass immigration, to change the character of Texas, and then you get nonsense like this. Well, I think that's not the only reason that you get nonsense like this, because the other, I, when you started talking about borders opening, I was thinking, what's he talking about? Now I know what you're talking about. But actually, the other problem is the borders that are open between, board, between the states. So that's you've true. got a lot of mass migration out of, out of places like California right. to Texas because, because people start to true. hate being true. in California, even though the weather's gorgeous and the beaches are beautiful. But the laws are crazy and the taxes are crazy. And then they think, you know what, I'll go to Texas, but I'm going to bring all my awful ideas with that's me. That's right. Fully. So they, they ruin California and they flee California. To ruin Texas. To go and do exactly what they're fleeing from. Yeah. In California. And you know, it's kind of an extraordinary thing too, you know, because people who believe in diversity, right? If you really believe in diversity, you should like these kind of what they would call flyover states, redneck states. It's kind of like going to the zoo to look at mm. these weird people who are, are religious and have guns and all of that, right? So why don't you leave it? Leave them the way they are. Let it be the way it is so that you can at least go somewhere else that's different than where you were. And also, of course, the question is, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving where you were? Why? Like, no, why? For these people, diversity means everyone, everyone has to be the same. Uh, everyone has to be the place they like. That's what yeah. diversity is. Yeah. It's, not, it's not about difference. It's, it's actually about Sameness. Ch changing everything to your standards. Exactly. And the last story today, we're going to do, we're trying to keep this, this show shorter today. The cat now has jumped up. This could be difficult. Um, the last story we want to look today is just to, just to spare a thought for, you know, the beautiful people here in Hollywood. Um, you know, and, yes. and here's a story from the LA Times. I really they're they're like, human beings too. They're human beings too. As week three of the coronavirus lockdown approached last month, a Hollywood costume designer called a stylist he knew to plan a hair cutting party. This and I know where you live, you're having hair cutting parties. Industry this, people. This is the LA Times? This is the LA Times. Yeah, yep. Okay. Industry people and writer friends would come at staggered hours and receive services on his expansive outdoor deck Socially distanced guests could work out on his Soul Cycle bicycle, gazing at the Hollywood sign against the sweeping hillside vista. Mm -hmm. Then, only a week before the event, the stylist's, the stylist's boyfriend called a halt, fearing that his partner would pass him the virus. 
The costume designer instead found a friend to trim his locks. But the abortive party illuminates a very Californian legacy of COVID-19, the great disruptor in LA, where self-presentation is an art form. The lockdown of non-essential businesses has upended the beauty industry and wellness culture. And as you know, I'm at the hat-wearing stage of my pandemic, obviously, because my roots aren't, aren't good. But it's very interesting, and we're really aware of it. And you'd think to yourself, right, you'd think, well, listen, you're indoors, you're not going anywhere, so no one's going to see you. But the problem is that Zoom calls have ruined all that. So now you can be seen ah. on the Zoom call, right? And basically you can't say, oh, I'm not going to go on a Zoom call. And particularly if you're one of these celebrities who might be going to sing or something, you have to be available to be on the Zoom call looking absolutely fabulous. And by the way, we saw that with Hillary Clinton, who clearly is an essential worker because her roots were done and her makeup was done and the lighting during was her, done. During her interview in with, her Zoom. When, when she uh, endorsed Joe Biden during that interview, yes. Here's the deal Joe Biden po po podcast. You can hear on all podcast platforms once a week or maybe once every 10 days. Does he days. still have it actually? The podcaster in chief, does he still You have check it? that out. Actually, while you're checking that out, Phil, check out exactly the right place to direct people to listen to the Weinstein trial. But it's funny, um, the sad part, by the way, of this beauty industry situation here in in LA is that the gig economy workers, makeup artists, hairstylists lost their in entire income virtually overnight mm -hmm. during this pandemic situation. So there's a kind of a, there's a funny side of it, but the, the the sad side of it is that those people lost you know lost their complete income, and we know some of those people, and these are regular folk. Um, who do the makeup for the big stars oh and who God. now yeah. nobody wants. Tell us about, here's uh, the deal, Joe Biden. Joe Biden did his last 19-minute podcast. Last? Yeah, 19-minute podcast on the 22nd of April. I mean, that is just... So how many did he do in total? Uh, so far, he has done one, two, three, four, five, six, six. And the longest was 46 minutes and the shortest, the last two have been 19 minutes. And you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're not podcasts at all. They're, they're scripted uh, conversations, scripted interviews and softball questions from people that he gets in advance and he's able to write out the answers. So today is, today is May the 8th and you're saying that the last one was the 22nd of April. But hang on, is it, I, is it, are they saying we've given up on this? No. <clears throat> Maybe, I mean, I need a whole lot, I need to do a bit more of the Googling here because I don't want to malign. Here's the deal, Joe Biden. So just to go back there to the Harvey Weinstein story. Oh, and now I'm actually playing one by mistake there. Sorry about that now. Weinstein trial unfiltered. A daily there you go, Harvey Weinstein trial unfiltered, a daily podcast. So anyone who is looking for something to do in your quarantine, listen to the Harvey Weinstein trial unfiltered. Just put it into the yeah. Google, put it into the Googling, the Harvey Weinstein trial unfiltered. And it's amazing. It's, an, it's a fascinating story. And it's, the story isn't over yet. I was very interested, uh, getting slightly off topic. The Bridgegate people uh, oh, yes. who were cleared by the Supreme Court yesterday. This was another, yeah, that was a trial where politics, that was a, they were politically convicted. And, I mean, and by the way, I have no uh, love of Chris Christie. I have no love of Chris Christie's horrible staff who felt it was uh, appropriate just because he, the mayor of the town didn't support him in, in, in his governorship election, that they, they basically destroyed the lives of people for a week. Uh, oh, yeah. kept them waiting in two hours of traffic because they could I mean horrible people they should never work again they should be all you know I don't know they should just they should be shunned from polite society but 
I always felt what they did do what they did was not fraud was not criminal because it may have been criminal but funny it wasn't fraud they made no money from it they did not financially gain from it this is you cannot be criminalizing nasty political activity okay we need to wrap it up right now Phelan yes. um, are you looking forward to the weekend the weekend this is the, this we- is the weekend now Phelan are you looking forward to the yes, weekend? Yes, I am. I am. What actually. are you going to do at the weekend? I'm going to go to the beach and reclaim my rights. Oh, yeah, we think we might go to the beach and reclaim our rights. We yes. have, we bought, um, to cheer ourselves up, we bought two deck chairs at Costco. So we might go and sit on our two deck chairs um, and uh, reclaim our rights and yes. sit, you know, socially distanced from everybody else and just um, get a bit of the, uh, the beautiful sunshine. So wherever you are, stay safe, have a fabulous weekend and don't get arrested. Yes. All the best. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you.